Hey everyone, welcome to the Musea podcast. My name is Michael Howard. I'm the founder and CEO of Musea. And for this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with John Dolan. Uh, he has his first monograph releasing uh, in the fall of this year. And so it covers 25 years uh, of him photographing at weddings. It's called The Perfect Imperfect. Uh, and I believe you can still pre-order it now, and I think it releases in October 2021. Uh, John has had a, uh, an amazing career uh, as an advertising, editorial, and um, fine art photographer. Uh, he's photographed um, countless weddings. He's recognized as a leader in the uh, contemporary wedding, um, I guess, photography industry. Uh, some of his wedding clients... Uh, have included Will Smith and Ben Stiller, Kate Bosworth, Bridget Moynihan, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, he's worked a lot with Martha Stewart. Uh, he's a legend in the uh, wedding photography world. And uh, I'm super excited that uh, you get to hear this conversation we have about his book and him just kind of reflecting on his career and the process of making the book. You can see this work and uh, some of his images on the YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash musea, uh, you can see us there. Uh, this is just the audio version of uh, that interview. And uh, make sure to subscribe uh, while you're there. We're trying to get to uh, 1,000 YouTube subscribers. We're over 700 now, so we're almost there. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, uh, please go to youtube.com slash musea. That will help us out. And that's it. So uh, without any further ado, here's John Dolan. <laughs> Uh, I'm John Dolan. I'm a photographer of people, uh, people who are in the middle of dramatic moments in their life. So you have a book coming out. How, how long has this been in the works? Well, this book has been in the works uh, certainly for 10 years. I've been pushing it hard for the last five years. It's gone through multiple dummy iterations. Um, and then uh, somehow in the middle of the pandemic last August, I got the green light from a publisher in Italy. So it's it's a remarkable thing that uh, the, the door opened right in the middle of when I had a lot of time at home to work on it and to do all the things you have to do before a book comes out. Um, so it's a, it's a sort of one of those things where I was pushing against the door and then the door opened uh, at a moment I least expected it yeah especially during the pandemic because Italy was hit pretty hard so it's oh my publisher had COVID the uh yeah. the, all the meetings were on zoom and it did not look like a happy place but uh just coming back there from there yesterday it's a much different place and it was an incredible experience yeah um so I okay. So there's a lot to get into. I, I definitely want to go through the logistics of like making the book and the process and all of that uh, because that's a whole thing. Especially since you're saying it took like ten years. Yeah. Um, but I guess I want to start. Kind of, I guess at the beginning of I guess why you wanted to make a book and the genesis for this. A lot of you don't see a lot of photographers making fine art books of their wedding work. Um, most wedding images are consumed by the family only, typically. 
And so being able to make work that goes beyond just that family's sentimental emotions to the images. Um, that, that was really the, that level. Yeah. That was really the challenge of the book was, uh, I, I, I mean, first off, every photographer kind of dreams of doing a monograph at some point, mm -hmm. every serious photographer. Um, but what I've learned over the years is that just because you think you should have a book, uh, come out, doesn't mean you get to do it. It's, the, the industry is the publishing industry uh, requires some sort of reason for that book to exist outside of your own ego and outside of just the desire. Um, and they put up obstacles all along the way to make it difficult to, to get a book published. I, I had this feeling that weddings have been so undervalued by the art community and by the the community in general, uh, our society in general, as a serious topic for consideration. So the game for me is was all along to to make a book that even if you did not know the people in the pictures, you still could uh, be fascinated by the by the images. Uh, the way we edited the book was to make each picture stand on its own as a work of art or as a as a strong photograph. Um, so I wasn't editing for content, meaning uh, getting ready, showing the flowers, showing the dress, all these sorts of things. Mm. It was, I was looking at as a photography book, as a photo book, uh, and did it flow? Did it have compelling images? And, um, and in another way to simplify it, I had a friend many years ago help me edit it, the early, early genesis of the book into two camps, into images of truth and images of beauty. And so she basically took 300 of my pictures and uh, put them in two piles. And then there was actually a third pile of these in-between moments, but a pile of moments of truth and moments of beauty. So, um, you know, when you have this this many years of work of over 25 years of work, um, certain pictures rise to the top. And I've been collecting those images for all those years with a special star next to them as possible images for a book. And, uh, that was the, that was the basis of it. Okay. Yeah. I was curious if you're, as you're editing weddings and going through them, if you're for 25 years, you've been like maybe in the monograph, 20 years from now, this might go in kind of a thing. I had a little keyword, uh, and it was just called I do because that was a, mm. the working title many years ago, just <clears throat> the simple words I do. Yeah. Um, so I've always had that. I've always kind of stolen a picture away from edit and put that in the I do box and, um, or the I do keyword. And, uh, and I, I, you know, early on I showed the book to a publisher and, he was excited. He sent it to his bosses over in England and they said, why would anybody want to look at other people's wedding pictures? Mm -hmm. And I just thought that is a limited view. And that's somebody who doesn't understand what these pictures are about. These pictures are universal and there's, uh, there's a drama in each wedding that is incredibly rich. Um, so, 
uh, in my mind, the, the pictures were not wedding pictures. They were photographs from a wedding. And mm -hmm. there's a different difference there. Yeah. Yeah, this idea of, I don't know, photography is at its best when it helps you understand our world. And right. yeah, like you're saying, it's humans. It's understanding the human's experience. They just happen to be at a wedding in a way. Or the human experience of what a wedding creates in a, in a sense, possibly. Well, isn't it, isn't it, I mean, you've been to enough weddings to know that it's this perfect uh, pressure test, this perfect mm -hmm. kind of experiment where you put X number of people in a pressurized situation for a limited amount of time for eight hours and you see what happens, put all this pressure on it. And then the emotions just pour out and, um, it, it's, I, there aren't that many other times we have that much concentrated human interaction with people we love and people we tolerate. And, uh, so it's just <laughs> infinite variety within that yeah. same experiment each time. Yeah. Yeah. When you're editing, editing, going through a wedding, what in your mind flags, like this is a possibility. I don't know if you can put that into words, but there's, there's something that can trigger. That's like maybe. Well, the basis of your question is interesting because it's not when I'm editing the wedding, it's while I'm shooting. Mm. I'm looking for moments of truth and moments of beauty. So I'm looking for that, that revealing moment. And it's, always just a 60th of a second or 125th of a second. It's a sliver that made it into the book. So the pictures that are in this book, uh, with, I'd say almost all of them were single frames that rose, rose above <laughs> single <Yeah>. frames that, <laughs> uh, that, that went to another level of, of, uh, either a deeper level or a higher level. So it's not, I'm on motor drive clicking away and I just grab one of those pictures. These were moments where everything came together and something deep was revealed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you often say, you know, photograph what it feels like, not what it looks like. Yes. So. I mean, that's, that's the basis of my approach, which is that I'm, I'm flowing along the wedding with everybody and trying to bottle that feeling that exists on that night. But um, within that flow of a wedding weekend, there are just these moments where the light, the emotion, my photographic abilities all come together. And, you know, some of the moments in the book were not huge moments at the wedding. They weren't the kiss or whatever the seven big wet, wedding pictures are, mm -hmm. um, but they reveal something much deeper about the fragility of relationships or the complexity of family or, you know, any of these other things that often get overlooked when people are just sticking to the shot list and, you know, going through the day. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a, it's these, I always think of them as gems, but I think it's something more precise. It's like these really razor thin slivers of, of, uh, really important. It's, it's kind of, I've thought of it recently as these are small moments of great importance. Mm -hmm. So it's like these little moments that mean a huge amount. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like these are moments for you 
that you're resonating personally as a photographer and as a, as a viewer, um, do your clients tend to also resonate with these same images or do you feel that not always that they're like, I don't want, I don't want that one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think we're certainly at this point, the clients I work with, we are so in sync and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the, the unique things that I've worked out over the years is that, um, my clients don't know what they're going to get because I don't shoot the same every weekend. I have a, a, a kind of a diverse style. So when they, when I hand deliver the pictures to them, they don't know what's in the box. You know, I think with some photographers, you can predict what the picture is going to be. I don't know what's going to be in the box until I get the film back. And um, so uh, that means their expectation is really uh, amorphous and um six weeks, seven weeks after their wedding, they're looking at this set of pictures and uh, they're just primed to really respond to it. Cause I try to hit them on an emotional truth level and, um, and, and we're in sync. Mm. So in a way, I think this is interesting because I don't know of a lot of wedding photographers that do it this way because, you know, when they're doing albums or books, it's always the, if they do pre-design it, they're always getting feedback from the client and then they're taking stuff in and out, you know, where you're delivering something that they have no idea what they're about to look at. Um, which feels like it's a microcosm, like your editing process for that feels like that's just a small sample of the entire monograph essentially. Yes. I I mean, I I give people this first, first box of 15 pictures and Mm -hmm. that is, uh, my take on their wedding. It's not one picture from each part of the wedding. It's just 15 pictures that I think will, will last 50 years or hundred years or 15 pictures that have this resonance to them. And then if they want to do a book, we do that later. But the f- first thing they see are these 15, uh, gems. And, um, the impact of that is that, <clears throat> excuse me, it relieves them of the pressure of having to uh, to work on their album, which I don't think you should do six weeks after your wedding. I think it takes years to really know what pictures should be in there. But uh, so I want to relieve the pressure, and also I want to help them remember their wedding in this a really glorious way, a really deep way. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to fill in that box, treasure chest. Yeah. Thinking back, those images, those fifth, some of those are 15 images. I'm assuming a lot of those end up in the book as well. Yes, there's it definitely crossover. crossover. There's not many Im- yeah. images. There certainly aren't many images in the book that the clients didn't adore. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the process of doing the book was contacting people, some of them from 25 years ago. And that was a magnificent, really beautiful set of emails to exchange with people you know some of them i hadn't talked to in years and some of them have three kids and uh but we're connected from that night and um and almost everybody said yes so oh because you had to you had to reach out to get permission for them to run yeah i just thought that was the polite thing to do and i don't know legally but i i think it was just the smart thing to do and i certainly wouldn't want to not do that um right and it it was just 
so fun uh, last autumn to to get in touch with everybody. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine this, the stories, <laughs> things that have shifted a lot in 25 years. <clears throat> yeah, it's and some of it was just even unspoken. It was just mm. like a simple yes, a delightful, you know, loving yes. So mm. grateful to people. You mentioned something just a second ago about flow have going with the flow at a wedding. Um, recently, I heard a podcast kind of talking about like Taoism. Mm-hmm. Do you know much about Taoism, or like is that a, a philosophy you can t- take and put into a wedding? Because it's they talk about that like a, a river and going with the flow essentially. You know, I never studied it formally, but certainly in college. Uh, I think we were supposed to read Zen and the Art of Archery, which I may have gotten a little bit of, but I think it it came about with maturity. It came about with all these years, and certainly, I've I've understood the flow state and the less hard that I work, the better the pictures are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really, I, I really started to formalize it in the past. I don't know, five or 10 years by doing a form of meditation before a wedding, but it's my form, which is I just lie down, I have all my bags packed, my suit ready, and I just take a five or 10 minute nap uh, before going to the bride's house. And what I'm doing is uh, is opening myself and making that empty vessel, all those sorts of things, which are mm. in a lot of religions, but for me, it's, it's, I'm just imagining this bowl that's going to be filled up with these two families. So, you know, my, my purpose is to walk into the house with all my sensors on high alert. And that means I'm not going in with, I don't go in pumped up. I don't go in with a battle plan. I don't, I don't do jumping jacks beforehand. I just kind of go, I don't know what's going to happen today. And it makes it so, I can react quickly and I can, the most important thing is that I can uh, feel what other people are feeling because I don't, uh, I'm not filled up with a, an agenda or a, a uh, pro, pre-programmed, pre-choreographed idea of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's yeah. one of the biggest things that I've learned mm-hmm. as a mature photographer is to let go and trust in the day and, I don't scout, I don't, you know, all those things that some people are really, uh, are really hooked on to for security. I've let all that stuff go because, I mean, if you're really honest, you know what's, you know it's a, a flow of a day, you know what's going to happen. Every wedding is sort of the same. It's the same way I've let go of light meter because the light's always the same. In the shadows, it's 125 at f8. In the New York is 60 at 2.8. It's like <laughs> there's certain places you just know, um, you know your light, and uh, I don't want to be wasting my time thinking about the dumb stuff. I want to be. Uh, it's almost cliche to say to be present and be open, but mm-hmm. it's it's an incredible ride when you are getting to know all the people in the room and and they sense that you're not just going through the motions or you're not working that day. I never want people to think that I'm, you know, working really hard to crush this wedding. I'm trying to do the opposite thing, which is I'm a 
I'm like a guest. I'm I'm getting to know people. I'm enjoying the day. I'm having a drink every once in a while, and uh, I'm having conversations to know the people better. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, then it's I've enjoyed the wedding as much as the guests. Yeah. You you mentioned you kind of have the metaphor of a wedding as a play. Um, yeah, I've also referred to it maybe as like a chat, like you're playing chess or something where you have the pieces and they're all move, kind of moving in front of you. Um, and I think we've talked about this previously, but you know, I, I can imagine you working and then you seeing the, the, the players moving in front of you in front of the board, if you will. And there's kind of this, um, yeah, hum or you feel there's this vibration you felt. I know we've talked about that, like when it's coming together, like you're, seeing it ahead of time and then it's like, boom, then you get it and then it goes away and it's gone. Is that accurate for you? Well, the, the play, uh, the play metaphor is the structure of my book, mm-hmm. which is act one is the two people they're getting ready, but they're really isolated and they're a little bit nervous and a little bit stressed and, um, they're uncertain in their the looks on their faces are a little bit uncertain in anticipation of the wedding. And then act two is when the two people come together and you see there's kind of their faces relax and act three is just the explosion of the reception. Um, but I, 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 I really, um, I'm fascinated by the, the range of emotions throughout a day. And it's one of the things I've been looking for in other people's wedding photographs. I, I really try to encourage people when I teach to expand that definition of what a wedding photograph is from the narrow definition of your best day ever and everything's incredible and it's just like true romance, all these things that are in the uh, slightly saccharine version of a wedding even though those moments are true, I think there's more to it. And mm-hmm. so I, I just try to encourage people and give permission to photographers to, you know, be open to the melancholy and the bittersweet and the complexity and the, all the good stuff is, is the imperfect stuff that the unplanned, the un, uh, untamed moments of what happens when people get together. So it's, it's, uh, it's all out there. And it seems to me that so many photographers are in these, um, behavioral channels. They've learned to do a certain Mm -hmm. kind of picture and they can't get out. So I try Mm -hmm. to shake people out of their paths as if it's like cross country ski paths, you know, everybody's doing the same pictures every weekend. Um, and I try to tell people, you know, jump out and go into the, into the wilds of the wedding and just, you know, experience it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, I don't know, what, what are maybe some good advice for people for breaking those ruts? Because, I mean, the industry Boy, and the hard. culture is so deep and the grooves are, it's a well-worn path, you know? Um, I realized and... that, <clears throat> I realized that the industry almost discourages experimentation and, um, discourages true artistry by keeping people in the channels. So it's, I think it takes some guts. I think it takes some, um, shaking things out. Some people have been experimenting with, uh, 
different smaller cameras and just shooting loosely mm-hmm. or I've always encourage people to do a wedding for a family member for free where you have no obligations. You need to do a couple of weddings where you are, uh, you're, you're, you're the client instead of the bride and mm-hmm. where you free yourself of that, uh, obligations. You know, there's mm-hmm. the base level thing that I'm sure you've met people that a lot of freelancers, we are trained to be pleasers. We're people pleasers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you have to almost, uh, shock yourself into not trying to please just the bride, but please yourself. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's harder than it looks. Yeah. I can imagine maybe even like becoming, I don't know if you think about an idea of something where you, you were a second or third photographer at somebody's wedding just for free. Almost of like, I just want to go and shoot and not talk to anybody, <laughs> you yeah. know, not be responsible for a list and just show <clears throat> up. I'd be curious but. if that works being a second shooter because um, I think in some ways going by yourself to a small wedding is the best mm-hmm. thing or finding a nurse in your neighborhood who, who's getting married and just, it's a simple thing in the backyard or, or a cousin or something, because I think when you're a second, you're still, it's not your gig and it's not your uh, relationship with the clients. I think you need mm-hmm. to be inside. You need to be, uh, embedded with somebody who you really like and want to do something great for and just sort of say, let me do this for free and I'll just blow you away with 10 pictures. Um, that's, that's, that's one way I've seen it work with some photographers. Um, my buddy Daniel Kim has been doing great stuff like that. And, uh, I think, um, uh, I think it's, I think it takes that, you almost have to walk off the plank and dive into the water to really make it work. You can't have a safety net and you can't, um, you know, go halfway. You have to go all in and do something mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you think changing your gear up or something too much would be a detriment? Because if you're thinking too much of the technical, maybe. Yeah, you need to simplify so, it. And yeah. I think Daniel said he just got a small 35 with one camera and went with 20 rolls of film or something. Um, um, you should have them on and have a chat with yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, with the book, I'm curious, you know, finalizing the final pictures, uh, did you make prints of everything and then do a, put them up on a wall and then resequence them? Like, what was that part like? So I had made a, uh, quite a formal uh, book dummy that my friend Holger Toss printed <clears throat> and we had it bound and it was just a beautiful nine by 11 kind of big, uh, a, a, quite a handsome book. And that's what I used to show this book designer named Yolanda Cuomo. And she was the one who put me, she, she saw that dummy and really liked it and put me in touch with Damiani books in Italy who she works with quite a bit. Uh, once we got the green light, I went back to Yolanda's studio and she made, maybe I sent her 250, 300 prints or 350 JPEGs. And she made very small prints, uh, just on, you know, cheap printing paper. 
and she cut them up and she laid them all out on this huge table in her studio. Uh, and she's an interesting character. She's been in the business forever. She, uh, she actually helped me get one of my first weddings 30 years ago, a friend of hers. And she worked with the Diane Arbus estate and Richard Avedon. And uh, she did Pete Souza's books about mm -hmm. Obama. And she's kind mm -hmm. of a legend. Um, but she's also kind of old school. So she was not, we were not using the computer. We were cutting and pasting and moving prints around and taking pictures off. And, um, and then there were certain pictures she missed because we, they were so small and certain pictures she found because they just had a freshness from her eyes. So it was a lot of back and forth and, um, multiple trips on the ferry across to New Jersey where her studio is. And mm -hmm. it was really, I mean, the whole thing was, was deeply emotional for me because it was happening after all these years, like it was finally happening. Um, and, and a great designer makes your pictures look better. So, uh, it was, it was quite an experience to see that happen. How long, how long was that process working with her? I mean, at least six months. We we kind of started mm -hmm. in August or July or August, and kept going through the winter. and 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 she prepped everything for for it to go to Italy. And then I went over last week and went on press check to see the check the color and tweak the color. And um, but it's been a it, it's it's an involved process and. It's not for the faint of heart or the inexperience because there's a million decisions to make. And um, but getting that flow right was a it was it was almost as if we just went through the book. She would make a draft and a little draft and then print that out. And then once we got it 99% of the way there, we would look on the computer and just move certain pictures around. And uh, so it's. It was kind of analog, and then uh, once we got the flow, uh, we, we were in good shape. Mm -hmm. Did you learn anything about your, your work or yourself as an artist, like kind of reflecting back on all of this? That's such a good question. I don't know what I learned. Um, I think what I've learned is that you can't... Um, can't go backwards so you can't just all of a sudden make a bunch of pictures and shove them in the book like mm. it was really was that i've but what we do as photographers is we go in person first person narrative uh experiences on for me it's 354 saturday nights so it's it's like if i hadn't done that one wedding back in 1994 that picture wouldn't have gotten made. It's a, you know, it's, a, it's a, an obvious thing, but photography mm -hmm. is so much about being there and taking the risk at that moment. So um, a lot of my early weddings were super risky because I didn't know any better and I, there weren't any other wedding photographers to look at, so I was making it up. And I just... Uh, you know, I think the lack of the ignorance that I had was really blissful. 
and so it was quite freeing to just shoot loose at weddings back in the 90s and um, you know a, a, there's a large number of pictures from the early days in the book that really give it this weight of mm. you know, these pictures are not um, they're not made yesterday yeah yeah i mean because there's not <laughs> there's not a ton of wedding magazines i mean you're you know help with you helped with martha at the very beginning um with her wedding magazine and you know it wasn't like instagram was around there like you're pretty yeah. free of influences and the, uh, all, the only influence the only influences we had were for were the only influences we had in the 90s were um pictures that we didn't want to make so um sort of like what not to do there were a lot of pictures out there we would see either in bad wedding advertisements or in some of the magazines it was like yeah we're not doing that <laughs> that's really clear uh yeah so yeah i think it's i do i, I feel for photographers these days because there's a lot of great photography out there so it's much harder to break away from the herd because everything's at a pretty high level quality wise but i worry I always worry that people are working too much on the commerce rather than the art. If we're talking mm -hmm. about the balance between art and commerce, everybody's yeah. so good on their SEO or whatever all these things are that I don't do They're, um, <laughs> but they're not working. They're not going to the museum or they're not watching great yeah. cinematographers or, um, so I, I, I regularly encourage people to shift that balance and really dig in and teach yourself the history of photography and uh and see some see some good art in terms of purchasing purchasing the book where can people go just your website or do you have another site um to purchase the book now there so far there are three options there's uh, uh on my website there's links to pre-order from me if you want a signed copy there's also an option to get a print, a signed print along with that. Uh, there's Amazon pre-order. And if you're in Europe or elsewhere, um, Damiani Books has, uh, you can order from them directly too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the pre-order thing is new to me, but I think this is the new way of publishing where we're selling a lot of books leading up to the launch so that, um, you know, good portion of them might be sold beforehand and then uh, the book comes out september 15th or so maybe september 20th um and that's when the books will will ship the books uh i have a certain number of copies myself and then um, it'll be in bookstores and uh, places like anthropology and other cool places Ooh, uh, okay yeah so you're getting ready to like this is super interesting to me because i think um I don't know. It feels like you're you're getting ready to influence a bunch of people in a big way. Well, you know, when they gave me the green light, <clears throat> when they gave me the green light, I thought, I think next next fall, fall of 2021, will be an amazing time for this book to come out, because everything I experienced last year in the six or seven small weddings I did. Uh, pointed towards the imperfect. It pointed towards weddings shifting towards 
being intimate and memorable and meaningful, so meaningful, and not necessarily this big, epic, best day ever. Nobody last year said this was the wedding they'd always dreamt of. Mm. Uh, it was, but everybody said this was the wedding that they were meant to have, or this was this was just enough. So I kind of feel like um, if I can make a small dent in the wedding industry and make people think about weddings in a deeper way, then the book's been a success. I want, you know, I want to, I want to broaden the conversation and deepen the conversation. And, um, and I think certainly the people I'm talking to who are getting married this year or next year, they just have a, uh, sincerity or I, there just seems to be less room for worrying about the small stuff when mm. we've been through something this big. And I hope that carries on, you know, it may not, but, uh, I just did a wedding, uh, 10 days ago that was just absolutely incredible for 65 people. And, and, you know, it was, it's, it was a, a gift to all the guests and, uh, just to have an experience where people were together and it was not fussy. It was not overly choreographed. I think it's, I mean, I kind of feel like it's, um, that we're moving from fine art wedding photography to some new thing, whether it's organic or small batch or limited edition, or I don't know what the word is, but mm-hmm. it feels to me like a shift that less is more or simple is better or real is back or, you know, make whatever phrase you want. But, um, you know, I just was at a workshop in Tennessee near you at, at Shaker Rag yeah. and, we had 14 people, some just incredible photographers. And it was so raw and the emotions were raw because people hadn't been together and focused on something like this for a, a long time. And um, I just felt like people are ready for to break out of the norms and break out of those paths and experiment and get real and get down to it. And uh, so I, you know, I'm excited by what 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 pictures can be made that we haven't made before. Mm. Let's not make the same pictures every Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm uh, just so grateful for you and the conversations that you're going to stir up in people, and you constantly are. So I think this is, um, you know, definitely going to broaden the conversations with amongst photographers, and you know, I'm. You know, as I search through photography, because I'm always searching, trying to find people's works. Like I feel like there, there are more and more photographers that are looking for more imperfect things and um, more open to it. Um, you know, not some of it's they've gone back to film in some ways, and so there's the imperfectness of film that they're letting bleed into their work. But I think it's just like step one, and then it's starting to get into even with digital, just their approaches to the moments they're capturing and things are, it's, it's broadening. I feel like they're hopefully that community can come together and support each other through that. I think that's been the difficult thing because there hasn't really been a, a place for everybody to connect like that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's there. And so I, I see you kind of at the leading charge of all of this in a way. Well, it's funny because, you know, we kind of made up, I made up the word imperfect a bunch of years ago, just, kind of as a cheeky thing or a joke just um because 
people were always saying, oh, my wedding was so perfect. It's like, well, weddings are not always perfect. And that doesn't make them, doesn't make them not uh, incredible and enjoyable. So um, I don't want people just to make messy pictures or blurry pictures or Holga mm -hmm. and, and just call it imperfect. I think it's about yeah. appreciating. I think it's, it's, you know, when you see it, it's that moment that wasn't, so staged or that moment that wasn't so controlled and and in getting photographers to let go of directing and let go of making sure that everything is just so um because i think often when you're doing that and you're fluffing the dress and you're doing this and this you're missing the good stuff so mm -hmm. it's um it's just getting people to open their eyes to all that the the stuff the that's floating in the air and because uh, there's just so much there that it's there to be it's there for the taking yeah yeah i don't yeah there's definitely certain people certain people in certain parts of the industry or you know feel like they, they can't be a successful star if they don't know how to pose people or something like that and so this giving them permission like it's just document how they are it's enough you know well i i understand the challenge of it i think uh because enough people have talked to me about it what do you do if mm. the people are awkward and i've always thought you just lean into that awkwardness and give it some time and space and see what happens it's a it it's you might shock yourself when you just zip it <laughs> just be <laughs> present and don't go down your list of go-to's and um don't tell them i just cannot for the life of me tell another guy how to look at his betrothed you know it's just it doesn't work for me mm -hmm. to tell a guy like why don't you smell her hair or any of that stuff that i think gets trained into people uh put your hand here put your, i just the words cannot come out of my mouth tell another guy how to hold his wife so mm. i've learned other techniques of uh, I just move a lot, I keep moving constantly and I keep them moving. And then usually if they're kind of in love and kind of excited, they're going to, uh, they're going to look good in the pictures. So it's, yeah. it's letting them feel what they're feeling and just get out of the way. Once the book book releases, is there anything for you afterwards? You doing a book tour? <laughs> I don't know about a book tour. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, we'll see what happens. We're hoping for a book launch party in mid-October in New York. Um, mm -hmm. Hoping that we can find a day that Martha Stewart is free. That would be great fun. She wrote a really lovely essay for the book. And uh, as well as Sylvia Plahi also wrote a great essay. She was my mentor. Great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I, my dream is to have a bash in New York and as many of my couple's come to the bash and you know if they want to wear their wedding dresses they're totally free free to do that <laughs> but just to have all my clients in one room would make my big old heart swell so mm -hmm. um uh, I, it's, i'm not going to do any lectures or anything like that we're just going to have a big party and also for me to celebrate the industry because the uh the new york wedding industry is incredibly supportive and unified and we all know each other people have been doing it for more than 20 years we all know each other and uh, it's i'd love to have a night just to 
have everybody in one room and you know drink and dance right like that's a wedding awesome. yeah <laughs> your own little celebration yeah exactly. that's great that's great well thanks for uh all you do man like you're uh you're definitely inspiring a lot of people even if you don't know you are and there's a lot of people you know learning learning from your wisdom as you as you move along so i just we really appreciate and really grateful for everything you're doing appreciate you saying that and uh, i love the questions and happy to talk anytime